Welcome back, everybody, to The Climb. I, the SC2 podcast, focused on the Below Masters Blue Collar Leagues. I am your host, Will, a.k.a. Lord Cranial. Hello, my name is Dan. I go by Captain Hoppa. Each episode, we will dive into the ups and downs of the Diamond Ladder experience while searching for those secrets to get good. We're just two normal players who are just working on climbing to that next rung of the ladder. We hope you enjoyed the discussion today. Today's topic is MMR, or Multiplayer Matchmaking Rating, um, and how this measures your skill as a player. Um, I'm really looking forward to this topic because I think it's a juicy one, uh, and I think this discussion can go in many different directions. Uh, but before we dive into that, I have a question for you, Will. How's the ladder been treating you? It's been treating me better, honestly. I um, I actually had a friend pull me to the side because he saw that I've been struggling a decent amount on ladder recently. And uh, him and I played a couple of customs. Uh, we wound up putting together what I've been kind of doing wrong. I've been focusing a lot on the more flashy stuff. And uh, so what I did is I basically took a step back and started kind of focusing more on just like basic stuff. Like, I mean, literally going back to like 101 classes, like we're looking at supply block timing, saturation, we're maxing out at a certain time. I mean, like literal, you know, gold level stuff. And it's actually been helping a lot. And the weird thing was, is that I had actually been, I've been doing some for those of you who know me, I've been doing some music theory stuff on the side recently. And one of the big things that people were talking about is going back to those basics and relearning them because you kind of pick something up new every single time. And I started realizing that's kind of the case whenever, you know, I go back and I relearn those basics. So now I'm not quite back to where I was before. Like I'm not at 3.7 or 3.8. I'm still kind of hovering around the 3.6 area, but I feel like I've been doing better by going back and relearning these basics can you give me an example of some of the flashy stuff you were doing also by the way this is like the most terran thing i've ever heard but it makes sense <laughs> it makes sense i'm guilty of that sort of stuff too as well so it's not but it's also just like yeah i'm sure that reaper had some sick plays before uh you got supply blocked <laughs> yeah so um a lot of the flashy stuff was kind of like, you know, I wanted to be like hitting multiple places at once. I wanted to constantly be harassing with Widow Mind Drops, just constantly being in my opponent's face and trying to get stuff done. What that wound up or what that wound up doing was I was constantly getting supply blocked. I was actually shocked because my SCV production was suffering and that's that hasn't happened in a while. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, usually yeah. pretty good about getting 75. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, like a lot of the stuff like the Widow Mine drops, like regular drops, trying to constantly be in their face, trying to constantly get damage done. And all of that has been not necessarily hurting me, but it's it, it was just time to go back to those basics and kind of relearn and reacquire those skills so that I could do the flashy stuff again. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think the flashy stuff feels, like, very distracting, you know? And I think this is a very common thing. Like, you know, for Zergs, it's like, yeah, make mutas and then 
waste eighty percent of your game microing those mutas and then killing like two queens and being like, oh right, oh wait, I have no I have nothing at home or like <laughs> I've done nothing else. It it's a classic thing and and uh, it, there's always that trade off and uh, it's it's challenging. What's the experience of just you know locking down the macro again? How's how's that feeling like in the games? It's it's always kind of weird going back to those basics, you know, because it's you do kind of have I don't want to say apprehension. It's like it's somewhere between apprehension and disgust, but it's just kind of like, yeah, that's stuff I learned in Gold League. I don't I don't need to go back to those basics again. Yeah. But I, you know, I went back and, you know, studied up on it and I would be doing I started just doing like two two pushes all the time. And it, you know, the games were actually going pretty solidly. Like I was just focusing on getting that max out, getting two two, and then just pushing across the map and killing opponents, and it feels like it's been a while since I've been able to do that. Honestly, I mean, most of the time, whenever I'm you know doing the flashy stuff, it takes you know eleven twelve minutes to max out, and you know I'd be losing stuff with the flashy stuff, getting supply blocked. So it felt it feels pretty good to just you know push and kill people. Yeah, just just roll them over like a like a steamroller, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, siege tanks literally pretty much are steamrollers. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think like I've I've had that sort of experience too, where it's like, I learned this last year, or you know, before I learned this a while ago. So like, it's automatic now. I don't need to do it. But then you look at your replays and you're like, well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we should maybe we should revisit it because it's again in StarCraft where there's so many things that are like automatic and also not automatic. It's it's tough sometimes when those priorities shift and sometimes you don't even realize it, you know? Yeah, it really it really helps to go back to those like even if you're, you know, fairly high diamond level, it feels like going back and just kind of reworking those skills is it's an incredibly important like it's an incredibly important part of your game especially if you're going to be a macro player and sometimes you start learning other things and you kind of you kind of start to get a little bit cluttered so yeah going back to those basics it it, it it's refreshing in a way honestly it it's really refreshing yeah well i also think it's refreshing to win games like that where you're just like yeah, I have more stuff <laughs> uh, because it's also very decisive. You know, you don't have to worry about like transitioning or changing your unit comp or anything like that. You're just like, yeah, no, this is this is enough. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's another question for you. Uh, are you having the same amount of fun not doing the flashy stuff? Oh, I don't want to admit this to myself. It's okay. But, um... <laughs> It's a different type of fun, honestly. I don't want to say that I will, that I don't have fun doing the flashy stuff because I I do. I genuinely love dropping mines everywhere. That's like that's part of my that's part of my repertoire, you know. But there is something really satisfying and fun about just like walking across the map and thinking I've got this. The like opponent's dead. I'm I'm going to crush him. Sure. And it's also. It's also kind of weird because it's like going back to Sim City games in a way, where you know you're just you're trying to set up and like not go or I guess whatever the opposite of not going broke is in a Sim City game. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it it's just a different type of fun, I would say. 
Yeah. Well, I also think that this this sort of stuff, like, once you get this down again, then it opens the door again for the flashiness to kind of slowly poke its way back in, right? And, and you know, you, you still have to be aware of those core fundamentals, but it gives you more room, you know? And, again, I think in StarCraft, it's there's a lot of choices you have to make about what resources you're going to use towards your improvement. And even if you're in Diamond and you think you're cool, I think I'm cool way more than I should. <laughs> but even when you think you're really cool, there's still stuff where it's like, yeah, just uh, you need more drones. <laughs> like you're doing cool stuff or, you know, you're this looks cool and this may or may not win a game for you. You know, I'm sure that for every game where you lost because you're doing fancy stuff, you probably won one or two because of the flashiness, you know? But it's not reliable in the same way as these boring fundamental skills are, but you need both. You can't have one and not the other. That's that's the rub, you know? Yeah, it's it's almost... It's weird in a way because, you know, every single person who coaches on Twitch, Lambo, Winter, Loco, Harstam, I mean, literally anybody who coaches you always see them screaming at diamond players about doing the flashy stuff when they're not and like, you know, you know, you see a Protoss who has like two oracles and they're just zapping drones, zapping drones, zapping drones. And they've been supply block for two minutes. And it's, it's almost, it is weird in a way that I have, I just haven't picked that up yet. And it's just like, Oh, you know, when my friend pointed out, it's, you know, it was almost like a, it, it, it was a, it's like a coming to God moment. It's just like, oh, wow, what? Yeah. Well, I think it's a pretty classic diamond thing, too, because, like, you get to diamond, like, you're pretty okay. <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're pretty okay. And you can execute a lot of different things, you know. But then it's like, you try to start doing these things you want to execute at the expense of other things. And that's when it starts to be a problem, you know. And um, I think we've all been there. I know I have. Yeah. It's, there's a difference between replacing the macro cycles you need and integrating the flashy stuff into the micro, the uh, macro cycles that we all struggle with. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that it's uh, that it's going better. Um, and, you know, you have a a new set of priorities, which, I mean, I, I should... Hopefully, you'll you'll see a bump in, in your performance and all of that as well. Um, but that's good to hear. Uh, you want to go into highlights and lowlights? Yeah, so um, let me actually pull these up real quick because I saved them on SC2 replay stats specifically for this moment. Ooh, ooh, details. Yeah, so the the first game, I'll go ahead and do the highlight first because in all honesty, I'm proud of both of these games. I, I'm actually proud about both of these games. But uh, That's good. The first game, the highlight, was a TVZ, and it was on Beckett Industries, so I was already a little bit nervous. But I was already go. I had already started doing like this kind of uh, return to the basics thing, and I was just macroing up. I did a little bit of scouting. I realized this is going to be a roach pressure build, so I need to be ready for that. Now I did make a mistake in this game, and I moved out too early, and literally ran into his roach pressure, mm, and yep. just started losing tanks. And there was a moment in there. It's just like I have to be flashy right now. And actually wound up saving tanks because of it. Like I hot pickup with the medevacs as they were being targeted down, 
pick them up, scoot them behind lines and then set them up. So I was really, I was really ecstatic because I was, you know, I was making the macro work. I was doing a little bit of flashy stuff. I was allowing myself that. And I just stomped this dude's pressure. Um, I struggled a little bit in the mid game trying to, uh, you know, trying to put damage on and finding good positions, which, you know, Beckett's pretty good for tank positioning and stuff like that. But, you know, we kept going. I finally kind of got an edge. I was, you know, I finally hit that max out point where I could like, I can dedicate my entire existence to splitting these Marines against Banelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually managed to shut him down. And I was pretty excited. I noticed he was un- or, yeah, he was unranked when I played him. So I was like, out of just a little bit of curiosity, I'm just like, I wonder what this guy is. It was a 3.9 Diamond 1 Zerg. That's awesome. I was super I was so excited about that game. It like it actually, yeah, it refueled like I, I have this goal of trying to make Diamond One by the end of the year, and I just like that reignited that passion to like just keep practicing and actually make that goal. Yeah. Well, and I also think it speaks a lot to when you can pull off these wins with uh less than perfect situations. Cause I, I think that's it's one of these skills as a player where it's like it's not as cool as some of the other micro skills or you know the big big scary macro but it's like knowing knowing the priorities in a landscape that is like shifting and potentially not in your favor at all it is really challenging in this game i mean just think about how many times in a game you ask yourself am i ahead or behind <laughs> right you you have to have that thought like every 10 seconds when you're playing <laughs> and it's it's very challenging but hey man good for you for uh for locking that one down and uh getting your focus in there and uh smashing some bugs good stuff man yeah i appreciate it man so for the uh let's see the low lights originally i had a game it was a 35 minute game versus a another diamond one protoss um i decided not to share that one because that one was abhorrently frustrating to me sure so I'll share a different TVP against the Diamond One Protoss that I lost. It kind of, it was one of those matches where they walk across the map and just kill you. And it was one of those games, like, I, I thought I had a good setup. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I, like, I'm going to get so, like, he's going to walk into my tank line. I'm going to destroy him. Like, I'm going to crush him. And he walked up to me and slapped the crap out of me. Like, it wasn't even a challenge. Like, he kicked the crap out of me. Yeah. So I went back into the game and realized, like, I thought I had, like, a five-tank line at the time. I had two tanks and a dream. (laughs) So it was just kind of a, a miscalculation of how much stuff I had and a miscalculation on, you know, how far ahead I was. Because, I mean, I I just was not. Yeah. Did, did you have like a you had a good read that you were going to be pushed right is that what you're saying i had a decent read yeah i saw i kind of saw his army starting to move across the map um i had just attacked him and i was falling back because i realized he had more stuff in front of shield battery so i was just like i'll just fall back and defend it's fine i fell back to you know the typical terran third base location behind all the shrubbery i had you know some lookouts just in case he tries to like sneak up behind those bushes um, yeah, and he just walked around and just smashed everything I had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always, I don't know. I I've run into this where, you know, it's coming and 
you imagine that you are ready and then it arrives much scarier than you imagined or you are not as prepared as you thought you were necessarily i know i get really frustrated on those because i'm like i had the read i had the information i had the knowledge and yet i'm dead <laughs> yeah there's those are incredibly fr those those can be frustrating games because you know it's you're having to face the fact that you made a mistake and you know you thought you knew everything and you know you, you kind of have like this arrogant uh feel to it it's you know just like i should have won this like i had the read i had what i needed but if you go back into the replay that's just not the case it's just not the case yeah well and i think it also kind of illuminates that like having the read is one thing but having the execution to act upon it makes a big difference and sometimes that that difference is getting the read, you know, 20 seconds earlier, or it's getting a follow-up read that, like, reconfirms it. Because I know I've had it where I get a read on it, and then I prepare, I'm prepared, but then, like, the unit comp has changed from what I kind of thought it was, you know? Um, this happens to me in ZVP sometimes, where it's like, they're doing uh, a two-base all-in, but then they, like, added in Archons, and I'm like... Well, I just made Roach Ling Ravager to fight this, and now my Lings are just going to evaporate. And so it's like, there goes 20 Larva that I could have made. And it's like, well, we were kind of ready, but we kind of missed some details. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's both. It's the execution and it's the read. And sometimes they just don't, they don't sync up. What, what would you, what would you kind of change if you, if you had the chance in, in that situation? I think I probably would have tried i think poking with a smaller amount of units instead of just trying to push across the map and kill him would have been a good call um i probably stayed a little bit too long at his third base trying to fight into shield batteries and that's it's always a no-no you never do you never do that yep. especially if he has Roll yeah, one especially of shield if batteries. he has a super battery <laughs> like queued up and ready to go like that's yeah you don't you don't try and fight into that even if you you could i I've had games where I would send five Marauders up a ramp to fight one Stalker, and those batteries will keep that Stalker alive. And it's like, it's so frustrating. This isn't a balance wine about the shield battery. I just want to make that clear. It's just a fact that you have to respect the battery. <laughs> yes, you must respect that stationary building quite a bit. I think, what what is it? It's like four Archons worth of shields if it's like fully like the full duration it is, so yeah. <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of chunkiness to uh to cut through and um i think we've all been there and, and that's a universal thing protoss protoss included <laughs> it's, the, it's the reason i can't rush in pvp oh yeah well um that's good to hear you got anything else to add about your uh your recent your recent ladder escapades uh, not really. I'm, I mean, I'm super, I'm fairly happy with where I am. I'm still climbing up and, you know, one day we'll hit that diamond one. That's good. I'm glad to hear of that goal. I think, I think you can do it. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. Um, so, you know, good stuff, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn the question around onto you, my friend. How is the ladder treating you? Uh, it's pretty good. Again, I think this is my answer for everything. Pretty good. Yeah, four, I will four episodes I will, in a row. <laughs> I will I will mention well, here's the thing. I had a good day. I had a pretty good day yesterday. So that one's really fresh in my mind. 
I had a pretty good day yesterday, but like last week, I had I had a day where I was the most tilted I've been in a long time. It's 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 always a challenge, and, and I don't know, man. I like I said, I haven't been tilted like that in a while, but I felt it. <laughs> like I was I was really really on the edge, and uh, even even though I feel pretty confident in my ability to manage the tilt and my ability to kind of deal with it, there's still days, man, where it is the tilt is relentless uh <laughs> and at a certain point you just gotta kind of you know tip your cap and be like yep well it happened <laughs> yeah I, I definitely know those days that you're talking about is there like was there anything that was causing the tilt this is just a bad day or so i'll, I'll give you i'll give you the whole rundown because i mean how i get there i think is important for it but i i started i started the day off okay um i was a little sleep deprived which again it happens it's definitely a factor in into this continuation of this kind of snowball effect you know um so i started off a little a little out of it and then it, it kind of comes down to like how i lost the games that i started with where i felt like a lot of the games i i can only really remember one that really sticks out in my mind but um a lot of the games i i look at my opponent's build and i'm like how did i let him do this you know like this is this is so silly and so obscene to me. I can't believe that I let this happen. And it's one of those where <laughs> I had a I had a guy who made like six geysers and a layer with no units and just went straight to spire. And and I looked at it and I'm like how how is the mute account so high already? Like, it didn't make sense, you know, and, like, a lot of times in ZVZ, there's these, uh, there's kind of the tempo to, like, the first mutas come out, and you can kind of push them back with queens and spores, and then if the muta count keeps going up, then you have to start doing different things to respond to it, but, like, the first wave of mutas, like, came out and killed my queens, and I'm like, um, yeah, I really needed those, <laughs> like, not only for that step, but also for the next step, and then just looking at the build at the rewind, I was... I was floored. I was floored at the audacity of the build that my opponent did. It's always, for me, when I get tilted, it's always when I look at my opponent and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? Or I question the decision-making of my opponent because they do something that I consider to be lesser or foolish or extremely bold, as I would say. So, you know, that, that kind of started. And then, like, as the games progressed... I just I just kept making arbitrary calls in my games, you know? I think I was talking about this last week where I felt really cool and decisive and, like, every decision I made was, like, strong and because I saw something or because I noticed something. But, like, this was the complete opposite where it's, like, I'm just making drones just because I'm, like, I think I can get away with it. <laughs> and it's, like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> you, you just made them. Like, and, and it's it's this weird thing where it's, like, it felt like I was kind of at the mercy of my own autopilot because I was doing stuff and I was doing stuff quickly, but I was doing it without a single thought in my head, which which is not a great way to play StarCraft. You can get away with it certainly many days. And there are I've had old streams where I don't have a single thought and I can still win tons of games. But there's many situations in this game where if you play like that, you will get punished. And um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, just the randomness of the ladder and the chaos that ensues but it, it it was it was rough man and, and 
<laughs> I could tell I could tell I was already on the road because I was going to the BRB screen like every in between every game. <laughs> Cause I was I was like, I can't sit here. I need to like <laughs> I need to leave this chair to process what just happened to me. And uh it was rough, man. It was a rough day. The show must go on at a certain point, you know, and that's part of streaming too, but it was rough, man. And it's been a while since I've been that in there. I, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because I had a night a lot like that and I can a hundred percent empathize with uh, what you're saying. The same, the, the same 35 minute TVP, I was so done. Like I, like I, at that point, I, I admit I was rage queuing. I was furious. It, it, it's always that first game and then you start just making either arbitrary or just wrong calls and it can be like it, it it can affect your mindset when you start to ladder yeah well and i think one of the most challenging things is i was looking at my replay and i'm like why did i do this <laughs> what what compelled me to make this decision and the reality of it i'm asking myself this right and i'm like i the only explanation i have is that i had no thought at all when i did it i just did it and you know you just got to live with the consequences but like it's it's just hilarious to me too sometimes when i'm like it's the whole like who's in charge here? Who who did this? And it's like, oh shit, it's me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit, I'm it's me. I'm the manager and the director and whatever. And it's like I just I just couldn't reason with it, you know? And y you can't uh I can't explain it, you know? I can't be like, "Oh, I saw this, so I overreacted and did this." No, I just didn't I didn't think anything. <laughs> uh and oh yeah, and here's another thing I'll mention too. I knew I was really tilted too uh because I won I won a game like randomly through through this sequence and I felt nothing. <laughs> I I won a game. I won a game and I was like, yeah, we didn't we shouldn't have won that game. We should have lost that game ten minutes ago. You know, like Oh my God. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's brutal. Cause like normally I'm like, yeah, oh hey, you know, hey, we did a good attack or whatever. You're like, I can pat myself on the back, whatever. I think it's good practice to do that sort of stuff. But I won that game and I was like, there's no way in hell my opponent should have let me do that. Like, like, there's no way I should have been able to, to, to do this. And I did it and I won. So like, cool. But I was, I was not happy with it because I just knew that I won from a mistake that my opponent made, right? I won from an opportunity that should not have been given to me by my opponent, but was. So, hey, uh, I won. Um, but yeah, that, that feeling of like, oh, I won, but did I really deserve it? It's brutal. It's brutal, but... Yeah, I've, I've had it before and I'll probably have it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really it, it's so weird to come out of a StarCraft 2 game winning and still feel defeated about it. It's it, it's 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 a it's a bizarre feeling. If you've like if you've ever experienced it, you know, it's just like maybe maybe I should probably take a break for the rest of the night or you know, like get up and like grab a grab a drink of water, do some like do some like light aerobics or something like that it just because you got to get that out of your system so uh something i do want to ask we can i'll ask this one last question and we can get away from you know like all the tilt and all that kind of crap sure how did you feel after that session and what did you kind of do to like bring yourself back to a more normal level because this is something i've i've been more curious about with other players is like how they bring themselves back kind of down to normal if they have like a rough night yeah. So I I'll, I'll I'll give you the whole rundown. So like, you know, when I when I first started, like even even two or three games in to my stream, I was kind of already feeling it. 
Um, and, and again, a lot of it had to do with like how the games played out, which I don't really remember off the top of my head, but but how they played out and how I responded to what my opponent was doing just felt really subpar. And so I was going to a lot of BRB screens. I was walking around in between the games. That's usually my go-to. And that usually is honestly very effective for me. Like it, it, it helps me so much. Even when I just, I just take a lap, <laughs> I take a lap around and then I come back and I can hit rewind and I can actually like do analysis because I can't do analysis before that. It's impossible. Or I, or I just, actually, it's not impossible. I do sometimes do the cr the quick rewind where it's like, I just look at the drone count and then I look at my drone count and then I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then I take the leap. Um, but so like, that's my go-to. And honestly, that's very effective. But it got to a point, and, and the one thing I will say about the whole, like, winning and feeling nothing thing, that illuminated where it's like, oh, okay, it's me. <laughs> like, nothing's changed about the ladder or my opponents. It's it's me. <laughs> because when when that happens, it's very illuminating in the way where it's, it's telling me that it's like, it, no, it's my thoughts that are being overly negative and overly self-destructive, you know? <laughs> and honestly... <laughs> um, what I really ended up doing is I ended up stopped playing. I stopped playing and I started watching YouTube videos on my stream. <laughs> we watched a lot of cool space stuff. Uh, you know, it was fun. It was whatever. It had nothing to do with StarCraft, but enjoyable. And uh, I think maybe I played like one or two games after that. After I watched YouTube videos for like a good like 30, 40 minutes. Uh, we, we went back in. I played one or two games. It was okay. And I was like, ah, I'm still too tired. So that's kind of how I dealt with it. As far as like after that and everything, like... I don't know, man. It, I think, I think just having the stream, like having a camera not be on my face, is always just the best <laughs> for calming down. After that, I can, you know, do whatever, play some mindless, boring game or something like that. That that's really what helps. A game right on to think is, it's the best. Yeah, I've um, it's like every time I end my stream, I go outside, I like take a deep breath of air, and then come back inside, play something like Mass Effect or. It's just you know something that's not starcraft but um yeah i <clears throat> th that's something similar to what i do one of my roommates actually got a pull-up bar recently and that's probably how i've been getting I i've started regaining bicep muscles just because i get tilted and then walk out and then start <laughs> doing pull-ups on that pull-up bar nice but um it, it really even for starters if you're a new streamer never feel like you have to sit there for like two hours at a time and not take a break and you have to constantly be playing games. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say that's really necessary. Like if you're, if you're feeling tilted, like you, you should definitely like get that energy out in some way. That's not Starcraft because you're going to go in and make more bad mistakes and get more tilted and go into this vicious cycle. But, um, yeah, I mean, feel free, like never feel like you can't like just get up and walk around, especially if you notice you're rage queuing, just, you know, you, you got to take, you got to take just a, a short little break, a, a little breather, take a walk and then come back, probably come back to replays, honestly, like you said, uh, Dan. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, I'm pretty lax about the requeuing. Like I'm not, I'm never a guy who just leaves a game and is like, yeah, let's do another one. I need to like fully reset in a way. Uh, it's so like, I, I joke around where it's like, yeah, my requeue time is probably anywhere from like a minute to like. 12 minutes <laughs> like depending on like what i feel like talking about or like if i like sometimes on you know sometimes i'll, I'll want to actually like if it's a really intense game where it's, or it's a game where i feel like 
Um, there was a lot of push and pull and a lot of back and forth. I will I will watch every segment of that replay. You know, like, okay, I was ahead here. I made this decision here. Okay, I was behind here. I made this decision here. Because I think each one of those decisions kind of exists in its own little bubble. Um, but then there's others where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is how many workers he had when he pushed me. And then he killed me. All right. That's all I like. The game might go on for another 10 minutes, but like that's that's as much analysis as I need to do on those ones. Um, but it's it's sometimes I don't know, man, sometimes you, you feel uh, like you're up for this analysis. And sometimes I am not up for it and I have no taste for it. Yeah, definitely. I am. Um, for me, it's either we are just like going hard into it, like we're constantly like we're trying to constantly cue into new matches or I yes, I think you have a faster. <laughs> I think you have a faster tempo for your queuing. Uh, I would say it's just not. Yeah, I there. I mean, there are times when I should not be that fast. I mean, like if I if I'm in the zone and I'm you know I'm doing well, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. like I'll, I'll keep queuing. But there are sometimes when I'm just like I cannot believe the shit that just happened. I'm queuing back up, and I <laughs> somebody I need to just like yeah. pay one of my roommates to come in and just like drag my chair away. And then put the BRB on yeah. screen. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it's funny because y- you you mentioned it too, where it's like if you're if you're vibing and you're like in a tempo, yeah, man, just keep clicking that thing, man. We're grooving, but but there's a difference between being grooving and and chilling and also being like, screw this last game, <laughs> I need a new one. You know, like the. It's the same, but it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 just uh, I don't know. It's funny for me because a quick cue for me would be like a minute. <laughs> I would still wait like a minute before I get in there. You know, like I'm still gonna talk for a while before I get in it. But I don't know. Maybe I should maybe I should try the tempo. Maybe I should <laughs> maybe I should try a tempo play. You know, and just. You know, it's it's actually funny because I was about to say like maybe I need to try your like your route and just like takes take a couple of ch- like just take a couple of minutes and talk with chat for a little bit, <laughs> watch a YouTube yeah. video. Well, why don't we switch? Why, why don't we switch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll switch methods and then uh, we'll we'll revisit it and see how. Yeah, it goes. Uh, I don't know. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll swap for a little while and see what happens. All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to share? Like your highlights, your lowlights, anything else from the ladder that? Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's this is also another thing I just feel like talking about. But my ZVP has gotten so much better. I'm getting so good at queen walking people. Oh, nice! <laughs> I am. I like yesterday. This is also the thing yesterday where I felt like I had a good day. I crushed like four different Protosses with a queen walk, <laughs> and and they were all different, and they all had their own little quirks and you know subtleties about their defensive setup and all this stuff. But uh, I've I've just been I've been smashing them. Uh, and it's it's very satisfying, uh, but it also has led to my. So last season, my ZVP was like thirty four percent, real, not not fantastic, but right now it's fifty one percent. So I'm very happy about that, uh, and I feel good about it. And then my ZVZ, which has almost always been like dead fifty percent, is at forty percent. So now I'm like, okay, well, we gotta kind of, we gotta kind of look at the ZVZ. And I've been I've been comfortable in ZVZ, almost overconfident maybe because, uh, and I also think this has to do with the fact that I was thirty four percent ZVP, so my MMR was a little lower. So when I played ZVZ at the level I was at, I would be doing very well against other people because my ZVZ would. But now my ZVZ is like lagging because the other one is caught up. So it's this whole weird thing. But 
it's probably the macro <laughs> yeah i mean well we do have to take the uh the wins when we get them so congratulations on improving your zvp i know that uh I know that's been a bit of a sticking point for you for a while. So it's, it's pretty heartening to hear that you're, uh, you're above that 50% line. Well done. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of these things I checked yesterday and I was just like, Oh wow, that's uh that's cool. Uh, you know, my builds are very straightforward and, uh, you know, not the most depth. <laughs> like I make 38 drones, I make five Queens and I, and let's go, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot comfortable at, at executing it and, and getting the read on it and all that. So um, it's good, and uh, I'm happy about it. Uh, that's just a general ladder thing. I'll, I'll hop into the, the, the highlight and the low light. Um, so the highlight I had was a ZVZ that I played uh, on the ladder. Uh, it was 2,000 atmospheres, a big map. And uh, I opened with a very aggressive uh, Ling ling opener um and it got pretty weird uh like from that opener it it's a very it was very committed so um i have to do damage and not only i have to i have to go for the throat and uh i it it took a lot of attempts uh because again when you do some of these early pools you put yourself behind so not only do you have to do damage you have to do more damage than you would normally want. You have to do enough damage to basically reset them below what you already reset yourself to, right? So there's a lot of emphasis on that. And it took a couple attempts. The first the first few did not go as well, but you know, the the next one or two actually had some some better results and um I was able to even it out and be in a good enough spot to uh to you know, basically expand and play it out like a normal game. I didn't really know this until I looked at the replay, but when I looked at the replay, it's one of these things where it's like, I was behind for the entire early game, but then once I got the damage in, it was even, and we both had like nine drones <laughs> and one and a half bases. Like it, it, it's, it's weird. And when, when you start a game with that, it really just changes the whole rest of the game because everyone's timing is is thrown off, everyone's expectations is thrown off. So, you're you're also doing a lot of guessing about your position and whether you did quote unquote you know enough. So you know a, as the game kind of progresses, it's still kind of weird for me to to determine whether I'm ahead or behind, and I don't know what my opponent knows, you know, and they are probably asking the same things as well, right? And you know, as the game kind of developed, like I did more pressure, like I did more Ling Bane pressure, like <laughs> at what would be a normal time for Ling Bane pressure, but it's been pushed back two and a half minutes because of the opener. But I was able to do what I wanted to do with that because I was like, I need to see if I'm ahead or behind. I need to force units out so that my opponent does not have just freedom to drone. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's attack. Let's make some banes, you know, like let's, let's put the pressure on because it'll give me the information and it'll, it'll force my opponent to respect me. Because again, I didn't know if I was ahead or behind. I think in the replay, I was actually a little behind. So it was actually kind of a, a really good call because if I droned, uh, and my opponent was able to drone and would have droned more, I would have been really, really bad. So the, the unit forcing out was really good. Um, it was really incredible. And then, you know, from this, we kind of go, like we've reached the third stage in a very delayed manner. And it gets into the roach, the roach on roach action. And <laughs> I put down a, a spire uh, just as a, I think I can do this. 
Again, I'm, I'm still kind of guessing. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really far behind or really far ahead. I think it's pretty even. I have a good reason that it's fairly even, but I'm also concerned about... Like, I saw my, my opponent's Roach Army, and I was like, that's a lot. I think I've put that on the Spire before I saw it, but I saw it, and I was already kind of worried. But I was like, the Spire might play out. It might it might work out. Anyways, I get pushed with Roaches. Uh, I have eight Mutas pop out. There's a way more on the ground for my opponent, so... The roaches just slam through my first two bases. I pull the drones at the net. I'm fighting with, like, the small amount of roaches. The mutas are tickling the ravagers. They're, they're getting value, but, you know, it takes some time. It takes some time for them to kill everything. I had a little bit of static D, maybe, but, like, it, it didn't look good. And there were roaches up my natural ramp. Uh, they were in my main, killing my drones. I lost all the drones at my net. But eventually, the mutas do clean everything up. Great. Oh, also, I lost the spire in the main. <laughs> The roaches, there were enough roaches to just walk up my ramp and kill the spire that I put behind my main mineral line. So like, okay, the spire's dead. I have the mutas. I'm, I don't need more of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I decided. I, I was planning on going back into roach anyway, so it, it kind of worked out. But I'm like, all right, well, let's poke with the mutas. Let's dance around. Let's clean up the OVs. You know, that's all I can do. I, you know, take the low-hanging fruit. From from this, uh, I I start pushing with roaches, and uh, I dump a lot of gas into ravagers, which is you know kind of a YOLO play. Like it's a kind of committed, it's a commitment, and it's a lot of gas. Uh, I also had a lot of gas because I couldn't make mutas anyway, so whatever. And I start fighting with roach ravager, and my opponent doing the correct things has spored up and has started to make hydras. But just based on the aggression that I was able to put on, I was able to hit at a timing where. The Hydras were not in great enough number. Unupgraded Hydras, low Hydra count, Roach Ravager just kind of smashes through. And it's it's one of these really delicate timing things where if they have enough Roach, uh, you, you still lose, you know? And you also invested a lot into Ravagers. And it took me like two waves to really get in there. But again, you're picking off Hydras. You're picking off more expensive units. My Mutas are kind of still alive and kind of doing stuff, but they're really just being annoying <laughs> with my other army and it's the army on the ground that's doing everything with with a couple more ravager morphs and a couple more reinforces of roaches i i was able to pull it out it was like a 17 minute game <laughs> uh but fantastic i was very happy with it it was very very mud slinging uh but i'm i'm glad yeah I don't even know how you start breaking down a game like that. I just we we started with twelve and somehow ended up with nine drones apiece. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's it's pretty classic ZVZ, but it's also like the thing about aggression in ZVZ is that even if you don't do anything, you have to do it to get units made from your opponent. Uh, and I felt very good about my decisions even when I knew I wasn't doing anything because I was I was just aware that my opponent just because of my opener my opponent had an ability to just sit back and make nothing but drones so making the choice to to hurt my already bad economy a little bit more to go across the map and get a little bit of control it, it makes a big difference and uh again it's one of these kind of calls you have to make on the fly and uh I was very happy with my decision there and uh each, each decision I made was like, I don't know, man, like isolated in its own set of circumstances because the circumstances kept, kept changing, right? So like, but each one I made felt right for the moment and it worked out, I guess, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic, man. So I, I did have, I did want to ask real quick, 
whenever you're transitioning from mutas back into roach ravager uh did you did you consciously make that decision or did you feel like that was your only choice left uh kind of both (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not a i'm not a big fan of like the mass muta in zvz and especially when you're you're playing an opponent who already has a three three base setup with spores and queens like mass muta is fine but you have to kind of damage your opponent and then you can get that insane amount of mutas that actually like can kill spores and buildings and all that but i i'm not a huge fan of that because if you're playing a good zerg that good zerg will say oh it's mass muta all right well time to get a fourth never leave my base get vipers and lurkers and i will walk across the map and win right that, that's it. it it's i mean it's complicated because you got to get hive tech and you got to ha- still have a good spread and you know there's usually banelings involved, but I did not have baneling tech at all in that game, so like that's a non-factor for me. But if if they know how to take those steps, mass muta is not very good. It it is good in diamond, especially because it spirals and it snowballs and uh, it's annoying. <laughs> um, but it's it's never like I'm I'm also this is also just a a me kind of thing I think where I like the accessory spire, you know, the spire that's there. Spire that gives you vision, map control, and air presence, but is not the key to you winning the game. And that's usually how I approach Spires in ZVZ. I think it's a better as a utility. It's expensive, and the mutas are expensive, um, but it's something you can get away with if you're really far ahead or if you know that like your opponent is super committed to Roach Ravager on the ground, because then you can squeeze out a lot more value from the mutas. And my Spire died. <laughs> so in a way i was forced into it but i was kind of probably gonna do that anyways i i I don't foresee a world where i would have been like yeah mass muta is the ticket for me to win this game because i don't think it's that good um and i like roach muta i think it's it's fun and exciting and uh it's just uh it fits with me um yeah poor opponent actually forced you into the choice you wanted to make that's this is super unfortunate for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I wish, I wish I could have not lost the spire, but hey, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's actually that sounds like a pretty awesome game. I, uh, I'm gonna have to actually go back and look at that one because that sounds like just a hell of a ZVZ, honestly. Yeah, it was a good one. And then the low light, I kind of already mentioned this, <laughs> but I think I can remember it. Like, I played a ZVT without a single thought in my head. <laughs> I, I played a ZVT where it was bad decision after bad decision. I looked at the replay, and again, it's like, why why didn't I think of this? Or why did I think this? Uh, and it's not even that exciting of a game, but it, it just it felt very painful just because of my mental state and like how I, I literally had no explanation for the actions that I did in the replay. You know, it's like watching a replay of someone else, and you're like, why is this? But it's, it's me. <laughs> it's definitely me. And it's like, you know, I did damage with the little roach pressure. I had some good information on him. But then I just was like, yeah, I'm going to make 55 drones. I think I can do that. And it's like, why do you think you can do that? Uh, I don't know. I'm just doing it. And then, uh, you know, four tanks show up and a bunch of Marines. And I'm like, oh, we're dead. (laughs) And uh, again, again, this is kind of coming off of me last week where it was like, I was confident and I was checking things and I was thorough and I was double checking things. 
And like all I needed to do was like send two lings to die at his natural. And I just would have been like, oh, that's too many Marines. <laughs> like, let's get ready, you know, but I just didn't. I just didn't. And, and again, I think it's it's this weird mix of like assumptions and also overconfidence in a way, because there are situations where I do get away with that kind of droning because I don't know, my opponent's making bunkers at his third for some reason, <laughs> you know, like, like it, it's something completely unrelated to me, but it's like I, I can get away with it. And I think that's a that's a big diamond thing, too, where it's like you ever you ever run into a person on the ladder and like you kill him really quickly, you know, and then you look at your build and you're like, you know what? He probably gets away with this a lot. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know, he probably he probably <laughs> does this all the time and it works because I know how other people would approach this and like you, you can just see it. I can just see how how another type of player would misread it and, you know, misplay into it. But that's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely understand what you're saying. I, I've seen like, you know, TBTs where people open Marauders and it's just like, I'm going to go kill you now. Like you have no idea how dead you already are. But, you know, there, sometimes whenever you're having one of those off days, like you just kind of autopilot into. So, well, sometimes it's like autopiloting into bad decisions. Sometimes you just kind of make the wrong decision because you feel frustrated and pressured into doing certain things. Like I've definitely had like TVPs where they open Stargate Phoenix and I'm just autopilot into mind drop and then wonder why all of my SCVs are dead, why the medevac never made it to the third, and why I now have no map pressure. TVZs where it's just like I'm setting up for mines and it's a, a suddenly roaches show up. And I'm just like, I saw that roach warn for five minutes. I don't understand. <laughs> how did I like how did I make these decisions? It can be really frustrating. And it, it again, like I said before, it kind of goes into this vicious cycle of like you start making bad mistakes you get frustrated, which causes you to make more bad mistakes. And even if you're like autopiloting, it's not really autopiloting because, you know, you're still frustrated and making mistakes during that autopiloting. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's this weird, uh, like it's a weird thing where it's like, I feel like I'm at the mercy of my autopilot, you know, like I'm out of control of it. But it's also like in StarCraft, there, there's a lot of things you should have automated, you know, like there there's a million things in this game that like you if you don't have to think about it good job that means you're doing it correctly you know but there are other things where if you make assumptions uh you run into bad bad times and uh again it's i think it's that lack of control of my own decision making that kind of just drove me crazy you know yeah definitely there's um it, it is kind of like autopilot for sure but you do you do have to hit those like decision nodes and then, you know, make a choice. You come off of autopilot to make those decisions and then back to autopilot. And sometimes it just, like, if you're too frustrated with ladder, it's just faulty decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens. It'll happen again. <laughs> it, it, it's it's going to continue happening until we hit, like, top 10 GM. <laughs> oh, oh I, I think I think they, they do it as much as we do. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, I'm sure Rainer every once in a while. I, I've seen, I've seen Clem like make those, make those dumb decisions. of like, I've been there. I oh, know yeah. that. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a pretty good segue if you want to dive into the MMR talk here. Oh yeah. I just, wow. Nice catch. <laughs> I mean, Hey, if we're, if we're talking about Clem and Rainer, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so the um, topic tonight, guys, is going to be MMR, and this is an enormous topic that we can go into. There's so many implications that that little number can have, and it can frustrate you. It can make you 
just elated to be alive. I mean, this little number holds a surprising amount of control in our day-to-day ladder lives. So, uh, Captain Happa, if you want to go ahead and open up with some uh, initial thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because, I mean, every player has a relationship with their, their MMR, right? And, you know, their league, too, is, is tied into that. And I think a lot of players, you're proud of it. And, and you should be proud of it. And it's, it's, it's an accomplishment, you know, and, uh, it, it's one of these things where I don't know, man, it, it's, it's really, it's like, sometimes you just look at your MMR and it's in a good spot and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you just, you just look at it and you smile because it it's, you feel like it's, it's a, it's a value item, you know, and, and it shows something. Right. But, but I think we should talk about like what, how it exists like it exists to help you find players that are at your level right and it exists to establish this player is better than this player and this player is better than this player and and up and up and up and up and i think i think that's important and i think that's also like it's very functional like finding like it's not fun to play players who aren't your level in this game it's in fact it's terrible like i do not recommend it at all you know, but playing people within your ballpark is fantastic, and it's you know it's perfect for you as a player because it um, it should be balanced in that way. You know, skill wise. The other thing I'll say is that I think a lot of the StarCraft culture mentality, whatever you want to call it, is skill. Skill is king, right? So like, if you're more skilled, you should win, right? Like, if you are more skilled, you should always win, right? If I was going to play Serral in a thousand games, Serral would win a thousand times, <laughs> right? Like, there's no question. There's no question at all, right? But it, it's it's this kind of, I, I think sometimes there's this weird, like, because skill is the thing and MMR equals skill, I think sometimes there's kind of this weird disconnect of, like, Oh, my MMR is trash, so I'm not skilled, you know, or like, I don't know. It it, help me out here. (laughs) I I do agree with you. It it is. It's a metric of where exactly you are in this moment. Yes. It's it's literally a representation of your wins and losses up to that point. You can have days where, like, okay, just for example, I I have had days where I can beat you know people like Helium Bunny. I can beat D1 Zergs. I can turn around the next day and lose to like a plat one Terran who cheesed me. I would say it's not the greatest way to measure your, or to measure your skill at the game. Cause you can be great at so many different things. And then, you know, you could, you know, you play one bad game and you know, they're going to take a little bit of MMR away from you. I mean, that's going to happen, but um, I, I personally feel like we probably tie a little bit too much emphasis on our MMR, honestly, I, I feel like we hold like we hold that number too closely, and we're entirely too prideful of it. Because if you two things that are basically asked of every StarCraft player is what race do you play and what's your MMR, and everybody has their MMR know like they know their MMR. Like I, if you ask me right now, I'd be like, yeah, three point five uh, Terran, three point two Zerg, uh, three point three Protoss. It's it's something that we value very highly, and I I don't think we should. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's uh, I don't know the the scale of MMR. I think 
makes a big difference as well. Because a lot of times, like, as a viewer and, like, as a fan, like, when I'm watching, like, professionals, you know, the difference between 6.4 and 6K is huge, right? It is ludicrously huge between those two numbers, right? It, it's, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's it's a framing of these, like, numerical differences, right? Or even if it's like a 200 MMR difference at the 6K level versus a 200 MMR difference at 3.6. Those 200 points at 3.6 is so ludicrously different than the 200 points at that level. It, it's, it's kind of insane. And, and I think just because numerically they're the same, people think that like, oh, I'm 3.8, I crush 3.6 players. And it's like, well, I mean, like 3.6 players could definitely rough you up in a bunch of different situations. Like, no no, no question, you know? Like, it, it can be a pretty fair fight in a lot of situations. Granted, you know, the 3.8 player might win more often, but it's, it's not the same as it is at the top end. And I think a lot of the discussions we have are very specific to the top end. And a lot of the anxieties and, like, uh, frustrations we feel are on the low end, right? Because it's different. It's like an exponential kind of growth thing, you know? Yeah, I was I was just about to say that. I, I think that's why it stings even more whenever we, like, start to lose MMR. Yes. Because, you know, I've, I've definitely been in the position where I've lost, like, 200 MMR over two weeks. And it hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah. If, like, if, especially if you let it. It, it just sucks. And it's, it's not quite the same as like, you know, the, the top GM losing, you know, 200 points. They like, at that point, like, like they're dropping down and they'll be lucky to get like, you know, eight points per match if they, if they win, like it, it's not something that's really difficult to gain back at this level. Like, you're probably going to gain it back faster than, you know, <clears throat> a grandmaster player is going to gain theirs back. If you fall down a certain amount of MMR, you're still going to be playing fairly similar players. I mean, the moment you start dropping like from diamond one to like low diamond three, like, yeah, yeah now you're you're definitely facing a different like league of opponents at that point. I mean, it's like you said, like there are D3s that can definitely put a hurting on some like low D1 players like it's it's really not that big of a gap. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that like for for a lot of people like, you know, plat, diamond, whatever, like you're like one good win streak away from ranking up. Like a solid like, you know, 10 or 11 games and you can rank up. You know, like that's that's not a lot. And and the fact that sometimes getting those 10 games can take you months to years you know like that shows you that that it's actually doing its job of measuring your like legitimate skills in many different situations in many different circumstances right like like i don't know man when when, when i break through like a league and i notice a difference in the player i'm like oh yeah and this mmr stuff this 4k player feels a lot better than my other 3k opponent you know and, you know, I think that that's good that it can measure that pretty accurately and also just helpful for the latter to exist. Uh, oh, I just had a thought, but I think I lost it. Oh, yeah, no, this is what I was going to say. I think it's important to recognize the the MMR ceiling and also the MMR floor, right? Because I think both of them are important for gauging you as a player. 
and yeah everyone loves the ceiling you know oh my highest mmr was was this mine was 4009 all right i remember that number <laughs> i will continue to remember that number it's a big deal to me all right 4009 was the highest i've ever been all right but i think the ceiling i mean the floor is going to be a better measure of like your inherent skill right or your you know practiced skill whatever you want to call it I've certainly had this where I tank a lot of MMR and I start playing people in the league below me and uh, I play really bad and I win, <laughs> you know, and that's also one of these things where it's like, oh yeah, it's not that fun when they're just not as good. <laughs> uh, like it's not as fun to play. Like you just, you just have more, you walk over and you win, you know, and like, hey, some people like that, but it's not, it's not as engaging, you know, as someone who's willing to go toe to toe and you know really throw some hands back at you and all that. So the 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 floor I think is hard to conceptualize sometimes for people because they're always thinking about the ceiling, right? They're always trying to get that that peak, that tip top, that best MMR they've ever gotten, you know, but it's I think it's really more important to think about the floor slowly climbing its way up. The ceiling might kind of kind of jump up and down and kind of you know, have its little dips and valleys and all that. But the floor, hopefully, is able to do this kind of slow, monotonous kind of climb, right? And that's something that it took me a long time to kind of get that idea. It took me losing a lot of MMR repeatedly. Like, I think I said this before, but like, I've been 3-6, like, five to seven different times, you know? Like, I've been 3-6, and then I've been not 3-6, and then I've been 3-6 again, and then I've been 3-7, and then I've been not 3-6 again. And, like, each time I, I come back to 3-6, I am a much better player than I was the last time I was here. Even though, you know, a week ago I might have been at 3-4 or whatever, you know? I'm still better this time around at 3-6. And that's one of these things where it's this whole interaction, you know, between performance and skill and performance being win loss good bad and skill are very different right and there's not really a great way to measure both of them because they're both going to interact and kind of have an influence on it but it's tough it's tough to have a number but it has to be there in a way you know that's a fascinating concept honestly like keeping track of your floor instead of your ceiling i I actually really like that idea because it, it does give you kind of a yeah. it gives you a better indicator of like oh good where you stand like your you know your floor should be kind of creeping up and you got to figure out like why is it not like if you're still kind of like dipping down to three point five and you stay there forever it's, then you got to you need to start asking yourself some hard questions like what do I need to do to make this floor start to kind of rise up I, I feel like another kind of important metric to keep track of is probably also the range between the ceiling and the floor and see how much that kind of fluctuates because at least for me now that I'm thinking about it like if you're kind of like an emotional player you tend to have you know high highs and low lows and like you know you'll have days where you're just salty and you're tilted and you're just like not having a good time and you have some days where you're just like kicking the crap out of everybody on ladder I feel like that's also a that's also a range that could kind of keep track of that mentality as you go through ladder. Cause like you just have these like really low lows and then, you know, dip down to like 3.4 and then suddenly you're like 4k and it, it'd probably be a good indicator to just like keep track of that and just be like, okay, clearly I am having like really bad days here. What can I do differently to make sure that, you know, my, the floor is coming up closer to the ceiling 
I feel like that would be something interesting to track. Maybe I might try and track that at some point. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of data there, right? That's the, that's the advantage of having a numerical value. But I also think it's, you know, it's it's really important to just know that, like, the ceiling is going to be volatile, you know? The ceiling is going to be streaky. It's going to depend on the types of opponents you run into. It's going to depend on, you know, the matchups you run into. You know, if you're just really lopsided in your matchups and you just keep running into the one you're bad at, that's going to knock you down a couple pegs. It doesn't mean you're a worse player. It just means you're a little unlucky this week, maybe, you know, and... Again, I, I think with the ladder, too, there's there's so many things in the ladder that you just don't have control over, you know? Yeah, you, you're going to get proxy voided six games in a row. You can't prevent it. I mean, you can try your best. You can leave the game early if you want, but, like, it's it's, it's brutal, you know? It's, it's, you can only do so much. And, uh, you know, I know it's a, it's a very frustrating place to be. Um, but the the ceiling will, I don't know, it'll dip a lot. And... Uh, that that's the only number that they display to you, so you got to kind of live with it. This this is another thing that I do to kind of deal with it and to kind of cope with it. Is um, <laughs> this is so one of the things they tell you like in health classes and stuff. Like if you're trying to lose weight, they say don't weigh yourself every day, right? Weigh yourself like once every two weeks. And I feel the same way about my MMR, where it's like I don't really look at it game to game to game because I think that's bad, and I don't think it's productive to look at it game 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 because it's gonna it's gonna change you know and and you don't have a lot of control over that i think it's better to look at it as a trend over time or as a you know more zoomed out looking at it um i joke around and say i only look at the first two numbers the the second two are meaningless to me because in a given day 100 mmr yeah it could it could disappear in the blink of an eye you know like (laughs) and you know it's something that i've just learned to be okay with and learned to except as as part of laddering because ladder is brutal and unforgiving in many ways yeah i i I do agree um looking at it because i tend to be the person to look at it day to day and it's it's not healthy i i can promise all of you it's not it's not healthy i like even if i like if i hit an unranked opponent i will check their profile to see what rank they are and it's don't don't start doing it don't if you if you have if you haven't started doing it, don't start doing it. And if you're doing it right now, take Dan's advice, please. Take take Dan's advice. Here's a thought. If there was an option in Blizzard to hide it, would you hide it? I would. I 100% would because I got to break myself of that. I, I don't... I, I know a lot of other competitive games like have that where it's just not visible. And like you get your league promotions and whatever, but like they don't actually show you the number. That actually used to be the case in StarCraft while back yeah there they your mmr was completely hidden but i i think i would hide it again because there's what well, it, it is nice to see the number go up like it, it really is it can feel rewarding but at the same time if you see the number starting to tick down it can cause like it can cause some tilt and it's that's something i kind of want to avoid so like would i like to see it if i'm going up yeah but i think it'd be more worth it if i just didn't see it at all and just like you know, got a promotion whenever I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about that. The red triangle, you know, the the red triangle, the, you are, you are at risk of demotion. And it's like, listen, blizzard, I got four months left in the season. All right. Give me a, give me a shot. <laughs> all right. Give me a shot. We're, we're getting, I get so annoyed at that little triangle. Cause all it does is induce anxiety and, and apprehension, you know, but it's like, 
yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. All right. There's a lot of angles to work on. <laughs> just, a, just a quick tangent, but why did it have to be red? And why did there have to be an exclamation point in it? I don't know. It's a very, uh, it's, it's quite a distressing symbol. You know, it, it's, it screams like alert, alert, scary, you know, impending doom. It has a lot of impending doom quality to it. It's, and, and that's my biggest gripe. It, it's just, it doesn't need to be there. Like, look, I know, I see the bar. I see the bar. I see that it's that it's not going the other way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see the bar. I get it. Like, if you're going to put anything there, can you just put, like, a loving note or something? Just like, hey, sport, I, I see you're struggling there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I believe in you. Keep it up. Like, put that in there, Blizzard. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it's there, and I'll learn to live with it, but I, I don't enjoy that that triangle at all i mean and i've been seeing a lot of them lately because we're hovering on three nine three eight ish so i'm 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 literally yo-yoing between that seeing it and not seeing it or seeing that the bar of d1 be like two pixels filled and then back down to the other one where it's red triangle land um you know it's it's uh it's a challenge but we're we're surviving i'm getting used to him again <laughs> uh yeah i'm still I don't know, since I've been, you know, trying to dig myself out of a pit, I've also made friends with the red triangle of death. And it, it's, it, it really can be a bit demoralizing to see it like every time you exit a game. Yeah, well, and I also think like even lower than us too. It's like in plat and gold, it serves even less of a purpose because like you can win five games in gold and get to the next league you know like it's 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 not a it's not a wide margin to to get those rank ups but no it's still there in gold and gold one and all that and it's like you know it's just like uh, I, I my heart goes out to everyone who's stressed out by it so uh, i'm i empathize with that greatly yeah it's 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 an incredibly painful reminder that is completely unnecessary. I don't I don't want to see it. I don't need to see it. Blizzard, if you're listening, take it out. Put the note in there instead. I'm sure they're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that one computer left alone in a room is listening. The one yeah, the one intern, yeah. I yeah, it's Yeah, I mean MMR can still be a useful tool though. Like I, I, I do think it could be a useful tool, but it's not just not something that I necessarily want to see day to day. Like send me an email in two weeks, please. Yeah. And I think it does do a good job of measuring the skill as a player. Oh, the one thing I, I thought is that like, here's, here's the thing for MMR that, that I think is kind of not present there where, okay, I'm in diamond one, right? Barely, but I'm in there. Right. But here's the thing. Am, am I personally a diamond one player? Every day that I play, I would say, no, I am not. <laughs> I have, I have glimmers of when I am definitely a diamond one player, but am I a diamond player one every day? No. Am I a diamond one player like 50% of the time? Yeah, maybe, you know, depends on the matchup, depends on the map maybe, but like, I, I think, I think I can hang, but I am not solidly there. And, and this is something that, you know, happened to me in diamond two as well, where it's like, I am I am diamond two by MMR and rank, but I am not a diamond two player every day. There's a big difference between being diamond two and being diamond two every day. And you know I was diamond two for months and months and months, and there were 
even on the worst days, I was a diamond player. I was a diamond two player every day, you know, like, and it took me a long time to get to that next level of being solidly in that league, even when I'm playing really bad <laughs> and slumping a little bit. I'm still solidly in that league. Um, and it's, it's again, it's a, it's a, it's a, we're trying to measure something that changes slowly over time, but we're trying to measure it with day-to-day -day input and feedback, right? Which which I don't think is necessarily the best way to do it, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, there are some people who, uh, you know, like they'll, they'll hit the little sliver into, you know, Diamond 1 and they'll just immediately want to say, you know, like, I'm a Diamond 1 player. And I'm like, yeah, go, you know, go ahead and do that. I Like, you should definitely celebrate, you know, whatever you can get in this and what can be a cruel game, but um, I, I kind I kind of feel the same way. Like even the first time that I hit Diamond Two for a while, I I was a little bit hesitant to tell people I was Diamond Two because I did not feel like I was Diamond Two, and like you know my MMR would slip in and out, in and out, in and out constantly, and I felt like maybe I'm just more of a Diamond Three player. I'd even honestly, I'd even say now I'm probably a Diamond Three player, but it it is a good point. Let's you, like you may have the badge but you may not quite be there you may not quite have the skills to like you know play in that range all the time every day yeah well i also i also think it has to do with how we segment the leagues you know as like these big divisions these big sequential steps you know like 90 degree turns of steps going up you know but it's not it, it's it's a very gradual kind of thing you know and it's a very gentle slope sometimes and again you know hey if you're if you're in gold and you get your promotion to plat like hell yeah dude like that's that's an accomplishment you know like celebrate it for sure but also know that like you might oscillate between gold gold one and plat three for a while i know i did exactly and and that's also kind of a routine for me at this point where it's like i get a promotion time to slump <laughs> time to slump and feel bad and you know not perform as well as i'd like to and then eventually begin that really kind of gradual slow churn up hopefully right like so you know again it's it's one of these things where it's like yeah like be proud that you've ranked up but also understand that you still have to kind of claw your way through that rank and that in itself is its whole other thing, you know, and it's whole, its own mountain to climb in a way. Right. And, uh, like for me, that's, that's my goal. That's my next goal in this game. My next goal in this game is to be a solid diamond one player, you know, like right in the middle of the league, diamond one every day, diamond one, when I'm slumping a slightly higher diamond one, when I'm playing really well, you know, like that's, that's the goal on the agenda for me for right now and uh we'll, we'll worry about masters three way later <laughs> like i'm not i'm not gonna touch that one for a while but we'll one step at a time you know it's actually a pretty good point maybe i need to readjust my own goals to kind of reflect that yeah th this is another thing that that i think is just kind of goal setting stuff i don't know if i've said this before but um i do not like mmr focused goals right i think it's i think it's really bad and I think it's unproductive for your mentality and your improvement, right? Because if you're like, all right, I'm going to hit 4K today, you, you don't have control over that. <laughs> you could get cheesed, you know, 12 times in a row and lose every single one of them. I, yeah, I, I agree. That's There's too many variables to make MMR like a solid goal, especially if you're just just for like one session. Like you could you could go and crush and you could hit 4K. You could get cheesed over and over again. You could get 
a, a wild assortment of you know different matchups and different all-ins macro games and all this there's just too much to really account for and there's a very high chance that you may wind up feeling you know dejected about that goal that you could not reach when there's a chance it's not your fault so yeah I definitely agree. It's not great because yeah, I mean, and, and I think one of the rules of goal setting is that it should be attainable and it should be realistic. Like I, I, I like the, I, I think it's, it's good to be motivated to, to try to win. But I also think sometimes I think that that view of MMR is a little too zoomed out, you know, because if you want to gain MMR, you really have to look at your decision-making and your situational stuff, like in the game that you're in right? Because one game isn't going to get you the promotion. It's, it's the, the culmination of many games over time, but it's, a, it's the strengthening of those decisions and those choices and also, you know, mechanics and making stuff and all that. Like it's all of that kind of coming together to hopefully translate into a win, which hopefully translates into MMR. So if you're just looking at just the MMR, I think you're losing a lot of the good focus on the game that you are supposed to be present in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, that that's just one of these things. Sometimes I see people being like, I'm pushing to this MMR. And it's like, uh, are you? <laughs> it's it's scary. <laughs> uh, so I just I just always avoid MMR related goals. I think it's good to, you know have goals that are like yeah i want to hit this league by this time like i think that's that's fine as long as they're you know long term and it's as long as it's like a trend over time right um i think that's i think that's pretty solid yeah i actually did have to kind of shift my mindset from you know like short-term goals of just like i'm gonna jump 100 mmr you know on these weeks and instead kind of making it like a much longer term thing of just like yeah i want to be in diamond one by the end of the year i have slipped in unfortunately i have slipped into uh you know every once in a while it's just like oh it's i'm three you know i'm 3.7 can we hit 3.8 k and then immediately lose a ton of mmr <laughs> yeah it's dangerous sometimes like and that, that can be <laughs> it's 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 so dangerous that like you get so excited about it and it's that that little number is just like yeah, you know, you, maybe you can hit the next, you know, you can go up 100 more. Come on, yeah, you can do yeah. it. No, I, I, I totally get that. And as soon as I start doing math on my MMR, I'm like, oh, we've looked at it. We've looked into, we've made eye contact with it for too long. It's too much. Because like even even yesterday, like I, like my MMR is pretty sitting pretty nice right now. I think it's like 3.9. So I was like, ooh, 4K? Like and I'm doing math and I'm like, no, 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 no math, no math. I know it's less than 100 distance away, but like, it's it's taking me out of the games you know and i also think you know just being a macro player like a general macro guy it's tough because you just got to deal with all sorts of shit you know and how you deal with it is if you know how to deal with it you will get better at dealing with it but it's also like i don't know this, this is this might be another episode but it's like being macro is basically saying like come at me bro to everything <laughs> you know like everything Right. If I'm if I'm going to be a macro Zerg, I'm I am prepared to know how to shut down every dumb thing imaginable. And there are a million dumb things I have not imagined yet and have not even seen. So it's a challenge. Yeah, it, it really is. You you really are just telling your opponent, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass later on. Like 
do whatever you want. And like, you know, they throw like a cannon rush or something. You got to sit there and take it and just turn back to him and just say, that's it. That's all you got. Oh, I'm going to make your, I'm going to make you miserable. No, And and, it, and it's funny too, because at the MMR I'm at, I, I don't run into cannon rushes that much. Or, or, you know, sometimes it's like the like half like gate and then forge, but rarely do I see the dedicated forge first cannon stuff and when i do see it i just crush it with drones <laughs> like like i'm just like yeah uh, here's my drones i'm gonna fight you and win and like i just i just destroy it <laughs> and uh it's really satisfying but it's also like that didn't happen to me before but you know with enough reps of me crushing cannons with drones i feel very confident about it even if i you know hey there's still games where i don't see it and it gets up and i'm like well i'll just leave <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it to him you know but for, for every one of those, there's a couple that I'm able to shut down, and uh, it's very satisfying. It's also just like, it's a macro thing. You know, I'm a hatch, I'm hatch gas pool in, you know, ZVP, so I should be able to shut that down with drones, and, and you know, when I do, it's it's nice. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, we could definitely wind up doing a, uh, like, a, an entire episode on, like, macro, and I, I think even cheese as well, because I've, I've definitely done a few cheeses in my lifetime, and there's, it's, it's actually surprising, you, you know, whenever we encounter a cheeser, we always want to be like, ah, he didn't do anything. It's like, no. Nah. And it's, it's actually shocking. I, I was actually taught how to cannon rush by Aret and I was actually blown away by the, the amount of skill and calculation it takes to actually like properly pull it off and just destroy. But that could be like a, yeah, that could be its own episode is that's, it's a fascinating topic really. Oh Yeah. No, well, I think there's a lot to be said about being a specialist versus a generalist, right? And, like, being being a macro guy is basically saying, like, yeah, I'm going to be capable of winning in all circumstances, right? Which is a lot. <laughs> when you say all circumstances, that is infinity possibilities in this game. You know, like, it, it's, it's, it's a vast thing. So, you know, it will change your MMR, you know? And, and just, again, in Diamond, too. I run into I still run into new shit all the time. <laughs> I still run into stuff where I'm like, this is an interesting take. <laughs> and uh it, it's it's experience. And I think that's also just a, a typical diamond thing where a lot of it is is being experienced in different situations. And um which is why every time I've hit three six, I've had more experience. So I have more knowledge and I have more repetitions in those situations. So that's why I'm better every three six. I, I every time I crossed three six, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Do you have anything uh, else you want to add to the topic before we uh, close it off for tonight? I don't think so. I think I hit. I think I hit all my all my major points. I think. I think just like in summary, like just think of your MMR as like a trend over time. You know, like I I don't I don't think of it as like this number represents my play. Uh, it's also because that number is going to change a lot and it could change a lot just based on one session, right? But one session of ladder does not equal your worth as a player, right? It, it's, it's more, it's on a longer time frame, And I think that is the unifying idea that helps me deal with it because I know I will go up and down. It's given. I, I, I'm hundred percent okay with it going up and down. I know it's going to happen. It's going to always happen. And I think the sooner you can kind of accept that, I think that the better relationship you'll have with that number existing and staring at you all the time. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, also keep in mind, like, it's, I mean, you, you kind of fall within a, a range of MMRs, really. Like, you could, you could just as much punch up as get sucker punched by somebody from beneath you. It, you know, it, you just have to keep in mind that, you know, that, that number is just an indication of where you currently are right now. And don't, like, if you see it slipping, don't let it affect you. You're just going back to the floor to bounce back up. And, I mean, as long as you're seeing a trend that's going up over time, I think I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be doing good. Yeah. It's uh, also this is this is a bonus thing, but like, if you do competition and you do tournaments, you'd be surprised at how well you can play against players who are better than you. Oh, a hundred percent. That's certainly that's certainly something I realized and uh, have sometimes executed. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's incredible. And uh, I think that we'll, we can have, a, I want to have a whole episode on like competition. I, yeah, I, I, do competition too. I, I do too. Mentality and all that, because there, there's a lot to go into. But uh, um, yeah, you know, you, you, you learn a lot about your MMR through that, you know? <laughs> well, it, it's also different just because, you know, MMR is like, it's just a best of one. So you could just get cheesed, even though you might be better. But we'll, we'll save that for another episode. So um, thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let me find that link for you really quickly. Um, definitely check out my friend Dan here. He is a fantastic guy. He helps me co-host this show, and you know he does a fantastic job. He, usually he sounds more coherent than I do for sure. <laughs> now, now, Will, I won't have that negative self-talk here. Uh, it's, just, it's, just a lo- it's just a joke. Uh, thank you so much for coming out man i really appreciate it uh you can find his link tree there it'll take you to all of the necessary links to subscribe and follow him in other areas Uh, i of course have been lord cranial um this episode will be going up in podcast form next wednesday again i want to thank you all so much for listening it means a lot to me um so yeah good luck have fun out there and we'll see you on the ladder